The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure buried in a field, which a person finds and hides again. And out of joy, goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant searching for fine pearls. When he finds a pearl of great price, he goes and sells all that he has and buys it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea which collects fish of every kind. When it is full, they haul it ashore and sit down to put what is good into buckets. What is bad, they throw away. Thus it will be at the end of the age. The angels will go out and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Do you understand all these things? They answered, yes. And he replied, then every scribe, who has been instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings from his storeroom both the new and the old. The Gospel of the Lord. As a kid, one of my absolute favorite pastimes was digging for buried treasure in my backyard. My parents are big fans of this. In fact, by about age eight, they strictly forbade me from ever using shovels, which is why I should probably be in therapy right now. But one thing I noticed in digging for this buried treasure was that it was incredibly fruitless, unremarkable, and incredibly mundane. Whether it was searching for horseshoes, arrowheads, or rare coins, a lot of time, effort, and patience went into this endeavor, going from patch of dirt to patch of dirt, ultimately finding absolutely nothing. But when I did find something, which I admit rarely ever happened, but when I did, I couldn't help but praise God. Because I could have just as easily dug in another place, put just as much effort, just as much work, just as much thought, and come up with nothing. It was somehow by like a stroke of grace that I discovered this whatever rare artifact, which really probably wasn't all that rare at the time, but to me it was that rare artifact, that, that, that precious jewel that honestly was just a rusted horseshoe. But to me it was amazing. And at that time, whenever I discovered this treasure, it reminded me all of a sudden all these tough, hard things, this effort that I went to just to working and digging and all this, suddenly made it all worth it. It reminded me of the line that G.K. Chesterton famously wrote, and I'll probably quote it again. An inconvenience is an adventure wrongly considered. But an adventure, now that's an inconvenience that's rightly considered. And my friends, that's what it's like to dig up buried treasure. That's what it's like to go fishing. And that's what the Christian life is like. That's what Jesus is trying to show us in these parables. That the Christian life is an adventure where everything is at stake. And our parable shows us exactly how to go about our journey. In our first two parables, we have men 
who diligently work hard searching for treasure, one buried treasure, another a pearl. And once they discover this treasure, their hearts are so full, so on fire with excitement and joy that they immediately go run and sell everything that they have to attain this beautiful treasure, this precious pearl. And it shows us that if we want to attain the divine treasure of eternal life, then we too must embrace this adventure of seeking it out and selling all that we have to follow him. But how do we do this? What does it mean to really sell all that we have without becoming Franciscan, without going broke, without, with being able to provide for our families and our friends? How do we really pursue God in a practical way in modern day America? And in order to, to answer this question, I want to look to the wisdom of the founder of the Jesuits, St. Ignatius of Loyola. And what he said was that the principle and foundation of the Christian life was to know, love, and reverence God. And in order to do this, all we have to do is use the creation that was given to us to then give him glory. To be totally detached from the creation which we tend to use to serve ourselves and instead use it for him. Notice that this is exactly what happens in the parable, in both parables. The treasure hunter and the merchants, they don't just take all their stuff and just throw it away in the garbage. What they do is they use that stuff to sell it and gain profits, gain income, so then they can go and attain divine life, so they can go and attain that pearl, that treasure, that gift from God. That's how it works with us. We've been blessed with things, with material objects, which are supposed to be used to help us get to the kingdom of heaven. But if we're honest, how many times do we use these material objects to glorify ourselves, to make ourselves look good, to make ourselves look healthy, to make ourselves look popular? And in order to overcome this obstacle, the key that St. Ignatius says to do is to be indifferent. Indifferent. Indifferent to created things entirely. Only whenever we can be truly indifferent to created things will we ever be able to sell everything that we have and follow the Lord. It's the only way. So in order to be and attain that indifference, the key is to not want riches over poverty. Don't seek glory over honor. And don't seek health over sickness or a long life over a short life. Be totally indifferent to these worldly tasks because it's all so short in the end, in light of eternity. And yet, how do we do this? How do we make ourselves indifferent to the consolation that material goods tends to give us? And the answer lies in our parables. Get excited for God. That's exactly what happened with this treasure hunter. He worked hard and he found the Lord. He found the, tre the treasure. And out of joy, then he went and sold what he had. Out of joy, then he went and gave everything he had and followed Christ. That's the challenge of the parable to us. To be so on fire for our God. To be so on fire for the Lord. That all we'd want to do is give all that we have. To the point where we wouldn't even care if we were rich or poor. We wouldn't even care whether we had glory or honor. We wouldn't even care if we had health or sickness or a long life over a short life. It wouldn't matter because we have our Lord. 
That's the only, that's one of the ways in which we can have the energy to embrace this Christian life. But if we're honest, there are times we really don't see it like that. There are times whenever we're not really that excited about the Lord. And what about those times? What about those times whenever we're really not that excited about going to Mass, fasting, praying, or any, time, any type of sacrifice for the Lord? Whenever we look at these things, it suddenly becomes sad. Gosh, do I really have to do that again? Isn't, that, isn't what I've done enough? Can I just move on with my life? Why do I have to go through all these rituals, all these hoops, all these actions? By the way, that's a sign of a sick soul. What about these times? What about these times whenever we wrongly consider the Christian life and see it as an inconvenience and not an adventure? Well, Jesus gives us plenty of motivation to overcome that in our parables. Jesus tells us right here in our gospel reading that the kingdom of heaven is like a net thrown into the sea and it catches all the fish, not just some of the fish, all the fish. And those bad fish are going to be thrown out. And so will be at the end of the age. The wicked will be thrown into a fiery furnace where there will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Fun stuff. Basically what he's saying is there's hell, it's real, and we can go there. Every last one of us. We're all at risk. None of us are pitch perfect and perfectly made in such a way. We all have to pursue to the end. And so what he's really saying too here, in saying that the, the kingdom of heaven is a net that catches all the fish, so what he's saying is that holiness is not the luxury of a few. He's saying that holiness is the duty of every man, woman, and child on the face of this earth. That pursuit of God is our duty because he made us, he saved us, he redeemed us, and he continues to sanctify us. That's the duty of holiness. That's our call. And if we don't fulfill that duty, we will suffer eternal punishment. That our actions actually do have consequences, and these consequences are eternal. Everything, everything is at stake, my friends. My friends, that's exciting. It really is. Because at the end of the day, let's be honest, there's no fun in competing if you can't lose. There's no fun in asking a girl out if she can't reject you. And there's no fun in telling a joke if you can't mess up the punchline. The reason why we, we as kids wanted to be Marines, the reason why we as kids wanted to be pilots and not bank managers or investors, those things are amazing, don't, don't take offense to that. But the reason why we wanted to do that is because as pilots we could crash. As Marines, we're in the line of fire, we can get killed. These things are exciting. These things are adventurous. These things are inconvenient to those who don't consider them rightly. And that's the Christian life. The Christian life is full of adventure because there's nothing to gain if there's nothing to lose. There's no success if there is no failure and there can be no fun if there's nothing at stake. It's all boring which means that there can be no greater gain, no greater success, and no greater excitement than to attain the Christian life, than to go out on the adventure of Christianity and to look at that inconvenience correctly, rightly. And so, my dear friends, as we plot along engaging in the occasionally mundane task of digging for buried treasure of eternal life, whatever you do, don't be afraid to sell all you have to attain that precious pearl. Because at the end of the day, there's really only two options, God or nothing.